What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbird styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. There'd be a lot of poop in my hands. <laughs> seen a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen, They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big. Mm-hmm. Abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the? Welcome back to Crips the Corner Podcast. I'm the Green Power for Mr. E. Ha ha. Yeah, I was say Mickey Mouse <laughs> over there. And I'm, uh, oh, I'm J Clone 31, a special one today. So last week, Emily rolled them and I had no idea what she did. Yeah. She added them up and it made no sense to me because I watch you do it every time. Yeah. And you just take the, you know, the, the numbers, numbers on that top. pop up. Yeah. And she's like, I'm Emily 23. I'm like, 23. There's, it's like 17 and whatever, you know, it's yeah. just like, I'm like, what? Oh, well. Everyone has their own ways. Hopefully, everybody doesn't hate us for that episode. Emily was incredibly tired. It was super late because she kept putting it off because I'm like, I need you to record with me. And she's like, oh, well, it was like literally the last day to record. Yeah. And it was, she just got off work. So it was 1030 at night. Oh, wonderful. And she was kind of punch drunk. It made yeah. no sense. Well, at least she filled in. I was very, you, very you, sick. You know how much sense she can make sometimes. Oh, pl- plenty of sense. That's all the sense in the world. Yeah. So, what's today's Wednesday episode about? Uh, you just practiced the name like well, sixteen I know, but times. But I thought we were going to do other stuff first. I'll, I'll go to the front okay. of house stuff, but the Kayamanui. Okay, thank you. The Kayamanui. Just get that in there for the algorithm. Oh, Kayamanui. Kayamanui algorithm. Where is it from? I don't know. Papua New Guinea. Oh, okay. Papua New Guinea is weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Anyways, where's Mama New Guinea? Hmm. Huh? It's called Britain. Oh, okay. Everything. Oh, okay. All right, let's okay. get... Front of house stuff, like always. Yeah. Uh, YouTube, check out the YouTube. The hyena documentary, uh, The Hyenas of North America. 
should be out either the first or second weekend in January. So kind of start watching for that. There'll be like a little preview thing pop up and you can schedule to watch it. It'll alert you and all that. The premiere. And there should be a trailer coming out by the time this comes out. Trailer? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Missed you running. Holy Kaya Manui. <sighs> Holy Kaya Manui. Uh, oh, yeah. So we're almost to our millionth. Ooh. It should be in early January or whatever. You know, it'll probably be a Wednesday. And what we're doing for that is uh, listener submitted questions. You can submit them through the email. There's also a pinned post on both Instagram and Facebook. You just put your question in the comment. And if you're lucky, we'll read them on air and answer them. Hmm. Hmm. The celebrate one mil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. P.O. Box, you want to send us something, which you got to check the P.O. Box. It's been a minute. It has been a week or two, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, the P.O. Box is P.O. Box 75, Ada, Ohio, 45810. It's in the description below. Yes. Check out our description. We got a lot of stuff going on down there. All right. Merch. The merch page has changed a lot. Uh, we're also, we have our same lady making t-shirts, but we now also have a larger company helping us out. So check out all the merch. It's amazing. Yeah. The new Hyena t-shirt is available. It's winter only, right? Winter only. Yep. You get till March to order it. And so it's in honor of our documentary. I don't want to ruin it for everybody because I think when you see it, everybody will really enjoy it. True. Just go to our website and check it out. But it's not just a hyena on the shirt. Well, yeah, I know that. <laughs> don't tell me any secrets I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, check out the merch state. Uh, if there's something you guys want on there, just let us know. It's pretty easy to add stuff now with this bigger company. Uh, so if you want something different or you want me to add something, it's not hard to do. So just reach out to us. Yep. Uh, conferences. Let's see. What do we got? We got Frogman in March and Encounter Quest. Which we're ho- emceeing. We're emceeing. It's going to be so much fun. We're also doing the Friday night stuff. Ooh. We're hosting that. Oh, okay. Uh, so you can get your tickets for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Sounds neat. It's neat. It's neater. Um, if you're coming to show, let us know. Best way is by email, and we'll try to learn your names before you get there. All right. New reviews from Cryptid Trek 007. Mr. Fungus is fire. Don't know what that's about. Huh? And they say, I love all the clones. Hair flap and all. I bet clone one and clone two are the cutest clones, however dopey they may seem. <laughs> I have no idea what that's about. Do you? <laughs> no idea. No idea. Who, who are those clones again? I, I don't know. All right. Duh, I'm not J- sure. Jables? I think it says Jables S. The title is Love the Show. Meandering through cryptid mysteries with you guys keeps me awake at night during the night shift and creates a world of conversations with my 11, 8, and 6-year-old sons Ooh, that's during nice. the day. They especially like hearing about the mysterious animals of old and folklore legends that are being told today. You both bring a unique view to these topics discussed and crack me up with your down-to-earth personalities. Your other podcasts are awesome as well. Thank you for your hard work pumping out great episodes and never stop. Wow. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Was that J- yeah, it was Jables or? Jables, yeah. Like yeah. labels, but with a J. Okay. Thank you. All right. New Patreon members. Welcome, Derek. Hi, Derek. Derek, welcome to the Corn Cult. Did I misread it? I don't know. No. I'm just trying You're to read it. You're looking at me. And Bradley, welcome Bradley. Bradley, another addition. The more the the more that join, the stronger we become. The more power we have. And then Tommy. Tommy too? Yeah. 
Dang. We, it's, they're all it's amazing people. Yeah. Thank you. But for real, thank you guys for joining the Patreons. Best way. That's like the, probably the best way to support us right now. And Also, uh, we love Patreon. Stick with Patreon. But if you are against Patreon, there is a members-only space coming out on the website. Yes, coming it's, soon. It'll be the exact same thing as Patreon. You get the same content, same tiers, all that stuff. It just I know some people have problems with Patreon, so there's that option for you guys as well. We're just cutting out the middle, man. Mm-hmm. But if you're on Patreon and you like Patreon, stick with Patreon because I know it automatically like downloads the episodes to Spotify for you and all kinds of other stuff. Yeah. The member space doesn't have that. No, you just got to kind of go to our website each time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, the app is available. It'll be in the description below. Click the link, download the app. Oh, wow. How exciting is that? Very exciting. Very exciting. Got We're our own app. Growing. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you say this cryptid again? Kaya Manui. The Kaya Manui. I remembered. Good. So this is a living dinosaur type cryptid. Uh, kind of last famous sighting is 2006 from Papua New Guinea. It's coastal areas, jungles, and woods. So Papua New Guinea is a weird country. It's an island, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, in between like the mainland Asia and mainland Australia. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Like they have, I they believe I know they have cassowaries, and I think they also have emus. They have a lot of like Papua New Guinea is kind of weird because it's got a lot of Australian wildlife or okay. what you would kind of think of as Australian wildlife, but a lot of also Asian mainland wildlife. All right, makes sense. So it's kind of this weird mixing pot of biology. So it makes sense if you there's tons of weird cryptids. So it makes sense that there's dinosaurs there. Basically, yeah. is what you're about to say. Uh, I'm not sure if they're dinosaurs, but oh, that's what everybody says. And you, you know, I know how the game of telephone goes. Papua New Guinea and neighboring islands are numbered obscure sightings that have surface of dinosaur-like creatures, referred to as Kaiamanui. The Kaiamanui. It's been compared to almost a Therizinosaurus. Oh, those are scary. So yeah, they're the big feathered chicken dinosaurs with, with the giant big claws. claws. Yeah, that will destroy you in arc. Little Theramazinosaurus. Lure for you. Do you know when its fossil was first found? They thought it was a giant turtle. Oh, wow. Because of the beak and then the long neck and then the big claws. It makes sense. Maybe it was. It's known for having a long neck, leading in comparison to a sauropod dinosaur, like we've talked about on the show before. But most of the sightings say it stands on its two legs and it has front claws. Hmm. Uh, while it's unlikely the creature is actually a Theramazinosaurus. It could be a descendant of a raptor family of dinosaurs, uh, which also stood on two legs and had long necks and had front claws. Or any of the theropod dinosaurs, you know, it's kind of, but it's feathery and fluffy and that kind of stuff. So it's as far as dinosaurs in the, like, no, it's the one you can point at and kind of looks like that. Gotcha. Uh, the sighting. Here is an excerpt of an article written on creation.com by Brian Irwin. The author is an Australian who recently visited Papua New Guinea, meeting up with the residents of the new or West New Britain, who told of two dinosaur-like creatures that have been seen in the area. This is his account. Since the 1990s, a large reptilian creature has been sighted occasionally in the Ambui Islands in Western New Britain, Papua New Guinea. The Ambui Islands is located on the southwest coast of Western New Britain, near Carnarvon and Gostama. The creature has also been sighted on the Algin Islands which are about one kilometer south of the, uh, you know, the rest of these islands. I interviewed a young man uh, named Robert who sighted the creature around 2005 or 2006. The creature has been sighted in the same area by Tommy Avail, who is not uh, from the Ambui Islands when I was there. Robert does not speak English, so the interpreter was translating it from pigeon to English. From pigeon? Yeah. What's that mean? It's a language. Pigeon? Yes. 
Okay, didn't know that. It's one of the languages Jeremy Way can speak. Wow, a man of many cultures. Pidgin. I can't say it right. Pidgin. Pidgin. Yeah. With okay. A, there's a D in the middle. Right. So it's like the bird with the D in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Pidgin. Thought they were just sending letters back and forth. <laughs> the creature was described as having a very long tail and a very long neck, with about ten to fifteen meters in length. So big. It's pretty big. Yeah. Ten to fifteen meters. Yeah. Yeah, that's really big. Which is how long? Uh, I mean, what is that? Like thirty feet almost. Forty-five feet. Forty-five. Duh, it's three. Just times it by three. All right. Thirty feet on the low end, forty-five on the high end. Right. That's kind of, that's where I was going. Here's a weird one for you. It's described as having the appearance of a very large wallaby. Oh. Which, when you kind of look at it, it makes sense. Big, long, thick tail, two legs, little front arms. You know wallaby. what a wallaby is, right? I, I, little kangaroo. That's what I was, yeah, I was going like to say, Like the okay. mini chunky kangaroo. Okay, okay. That's what, when you said that first thing, it popped, oh, like Rocco. Rocco's modern life. He's a wallaby. He's a wallaby. Yes. And it's also said to have the appearance of a turtle-like head. By that, I think they mean, you know, this kind of classic beak that the turtles have. Mm-hmm. It is. It walked slowly on its two legs and it had a smooth, shiny brown skin. The top of its head was estimated to be as high as a house, and its underbelly of the creature was as high as an adult human. Okay. The creature was described as being fearful looking, <laughs> with a sighting being made at, uh, at a distance of about 50 meters. The sighting was made in the late afternoon and was observed from a considerable length of time. They didn't, weren't exactly sure. They, you know, it's probably lost translation. And the creature was eating vegetation. Both Robert and Tommy followed the creature from a distance and watched it go on and, and it, uh, went into the water after it finished eating. Mm. So it went into the water after it started eating. Sound like anybody else? Hmm. A green anaconda. The bunyip. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Which is said one one of the types of bunyip was uh, a giant bird-like creature that resembled a therizinosaurus. Oh, okay. That was this. a vegetarian. That's this thing from mainland Australia. That's this thing. <laughs> That's the point. Oh, okay. When <laughs> when showed the handbook. From Hazel Reese, uh, uh, Rad, um, Richardson's Dinosaurs in Pacific or in Prehistoric Life, Robert identified the picture of the Therizinosaurus as being the most closely matching animal he observed. He said it was not the exact thing he saw, but it was close. It was the closest thing in the book. So it's their it's their uh, cousins, probably from down the line. What do yeah. you might guess? Or like uh, we talked about with the the, uh, the Mokele and Bembe. You know, it kind of like the when they would point at the sauropods in the books in like the fifties. Right. They said this no tail. Yeah. This no tail. And then became tail. Yeah. Because they would get, yeah. So the animal Robert saw had the head that looked more like a turtle's head as opposed to a horse-like head shown in the theropod dinosaurs reconstructions in the book. Uh, actual paleontologists have reported and acknowledged that the fossil remains of Therizinosaurus are incomplete. So incomplete, in fact, the feeding habits of Therizinosaurus are completely unknown. Mm. There's since no skull materials have ever been found from this creature. They do have beak fragments, but no full skull fragments. Oh, really? Yeah. For Therizinosaurus. Mm-hmm. There was in a source. Yeah. What the big thing they might think it's a herbivore is because it's basically its belly. Yeah. It had a giant stomach, which is more aligned with herbivores than carnivores. Right. Because you got to like ruminate. Right. Vegetation. And, car- and carnivores aren't like stuffing themselves fat. Yeah. With them when they're hunting. So it doesn't surprise them that the head of the Therosinosaurus doesn't fit with the turtle like observations from Robert and Tony. The creature did appear to spend much time in the water. I would think that the creature with the turtle-like head makes a good design. So nine people have seen this reptile since the 1990s, with sightings occurring about every four to five years. 
usually around Christmas time. Mm. Hey. Perhaps the creature is primarily nocturnal, which might account for the number of sightings. The two women from the Ambigui Island have observed the creature from a boat in the south of an unpopulated side of the island very often. It's based on a lot of these ladies will go fishing. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll, they'll go to the this. other side, and they'll see it from the, sh- the uh, from the ocean. They'll yeah. look, and it'll come out and stuff like that. The animal has also been sighted swimming between the Ambiguity Islands and the Algen Islands quite often, which we'll talk about emus in a minute. Okay. I drew an outline of the three-toed dinosaur track in the sand for the Robert, says the author, and he said it was very similar to the tracks left by the creature. About 90 people living on the Ambiguity Islands, two to three families, live on the Algen Islands. The reptilian creature must be a good climber because Robert showed it a steep rock entrance from the sea to the land on the other side of the Ambiguity Island. The creature is said to be incited crawling up and down to get to the ocean. Okay. Uh, but yeah. So, and the author didn't get to travel to the Algen Islands. So, these, these islands in Papua New Guinea are very, very sparsely populated. Like I said, the Ambiguity Island has 90 people who lives on it. And the Algen Island only has two to three families. That's it? And pretty much everybody sees this thing. How do they get that gig where they get to live on the island by themselves? It's uh, Papua New Guinea has hundreds of islands. Oh, we need to go there. I wouldn't want to live there. Why not? Uh, just because... Because of, of Kaya, Kaya Manui? The Kaya Manui. Yeah. So emus have been seen swimming in the open ocean between these islands. Oh, okay. I just seen literally a video the other day. And they're really good. Emus are actually really good swimmers because they island hunt. So there's a video of this kayaker out in somewhere in Papua New Guinea going between islands... And a, there's an emu head. They see this giant thing, and they don't know what it is. It gets closer, and this emu just trucking along like a goose. <laughs> you know, just swimming oh, from one island to the other. They float on top of the... Yeah, they kind of float. Sense. They don't float like a duck. Yeah. But they don't sink like a dog or us. So it's not it's just, just their, their head. head. Yeah. They actually... A big chunk of their body is wow. above the water. That'd be neat to see. Like a giant swan. And in these big island chains, it's very... Very common for animals to island hop. Even yeah. like crow dragons will do it and stuff like that. Crow dragons? Oh, yeah. That's they can float mean. or they can swim? They can swim long Oh, they're distances. really good swimmers, yeah. aren't they? Like yeah. underwater. Yeah. Yeah. All monitor lizards are really good swimmers. Yeah, if I knew that. What was I thinking? So back to the bunyip thing. There's literally one of the bunyips. We talked about it in our big bunyip episode. One of the bunyips is described as a Therizinosaurus-like creature that is extremely aggressive, comes out, eats vegetation, goes back in the water, but it has feathers. Mm. Now this thing wasn't said to have feathers, but it had you know brown shiny skin, could be the tight like downy feathers. Yeah, uh, but it is you know no reports of it really being aggressive. But the people give it a really wide berth as far as its aggression levels. Yeah, okay. So there's no direct contact, unlike their aborigines that have to go to the water sources these guys live in right. to drink and get water and stuff like and that and deal with them. These guys have a chance. I'm, the Big Island only has 90 people that lives on it. And the little island has two families, two, two to three families. That's awesome. So there's, a, you know, they don't have to experience this creature. And like they said, it's pretty much only seen on the unpopulated side of the big, the Ambigen Island. Right. Because who would want to hang around with humans if you didn't have to? I mean, could be that or just preferred habitats on that side. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Eating shellfish and stuff like that. Yeah. Diving down in the ocean, swimming back and forth. So what is this thing? A big emu. You think so? Yeah, I think it's a big bird. Just a big emu? Excuse me. Uh, yeah, I think it's one. Well, yeah, I think it's something in the emu family, uh, or even a moa. So moas are named to New Zealand, which is the complete other side of the massive continent of Australia. I do. I know they're not close, but big birds like that. You know, I don't think this thing's forty-five feet long. I think 
It could just be a, a moa with a different phenotype. Being on, it's the north, be, the northern moa. It'd be a genotype at that point, then. Well, you're splitting hairs now. <laughs> no, so I do think it could be. I think it's more than likely that one of these giant birds, like we talked about, the stink pot bird. Yeah, that has actual claws still. Yeah. Uh, it's for climbing, literally for the purpose of climbing up and down the mangrove trees. Oh, yeah. And I think that could be something similar, that these things still have claws for climbing up and down the cliff faces. Or what if they use, what if it's, yeah, maybe they're, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I was just say, what if it's something to use for swimming or, you know, if they are crossing islands? Yeah, and it could be. I think, you know, a lot of birds use their big, like, the thing has giant feet. So it's uh, big, yeah. powerful legs to kick back and forth, like an emu. Emus, an emus, ostriches, uh, and or cassowaries. McKelly and Bimbe. Or McKelly and Bembe, which, the, what? He's got giant feet. Yeah, different thing, though. Yeah, I know, but it's not well. It's got the three toes tracks, too. So maybe it's maybe it's somehow related. But more like big fat toes. Well. Like a rhino, because well, it's a rhino. Three. It's still three. That's important. Yeah. This is much more avian. This is, this is important, though. No, so I think it could be a really ancient, because this whole Australia, the continent of Australia, and all of its subsidiary islands... That, you know, it's kind of near, have all kinds of ancient life forms. Right. Uh, you weren't here, but last week we talked on Freaky Fauna about the kiwi, which is one of the oldest species of bird on the planet. Can't believe I missed that one. Yeah. And they have tiny little wings with a hook. That's pretty scary. And they're really close related to moa, which are giant, you know, and there's several species of moa, but they're giant birds. Right. You know, up to some of the species, 10, 12 feet tall. Yeah, I wouldn't want to mess with them. And they could possibly be, you know, these big swimming birds. So... I'm kind of thinking, I don't think it's a Therizinosaurus. I don't think it fits very well. And I think it's that same thing that happened with the Mokalian Bembe. Yeah. Where they were showing this book of dinosaurs. And I'm like, no, like, yep, which it. dinosaur did you see? Like, well, that, I guess that, that thing's kind of close. Yeah. And there's also that translation thing, you know. Uh, you know, so they're speaking pigeon and there's a translator right, trying yeah. to find the best words. To fit their words. Yes. Yeah, I get it. And yeah. pigeon's a very different language. Mm-hmm. I've learned that well from watching River Monsters and I mean, stuff like that. A whole different species. Oh wait, sorry again, not, not the, the bird. bird. Dang it! But uh, watching River Monsters and it's just I can't, the one made me laugh so hard one time because this this elk, like this tribal elder, I think they were in Papua New Guinea, uh, was talking and talking and talking and talking and talking in pigeon. Yeah. The translator just says like three words to Jeremy. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> And he's kind of, and you can kind of tell in his face, like, because he he can speak a little bit of pigeon, I think. Yeah. Because there's like 13 languages he speaks or something like that. And that's insane. He's looking at the translator. He's like, "Is that what he really said?" She's like, "Kinda." Yeah. It's like um, back in the day in wrestling, there was this bit. There was this group. There was these two. I think they were Japanese guys, and they'd always come out and they get on the microphones and they do like this long, like monologue talking to the crowd yelling at you know yelling at the guys in the ring and they were doing it all in japanese but then it would uh voice would come over and translate it for them and then that was just one guy doing it and then the second guy would always come up and he would say something that was like kind of long and then it'd be a big long pause and all you'd hear over the translator would go indeed (laughs) every time every time (laughs) just like that uh signer that got in trouble recently for a political campaign yeah and they didn't know how to, you know, do sign. Oh, they were just making it up. Yeah, they got the job. Like it's that definition to get the job and not having anything yeah, on your the qualifications. Resume. Yeah, and they're signing. And I don't know what you thought. Like, there's not being any people in the audience. You're you're signing, right? right? So somebody's gonna know you're speaking gibberish. Uh, I can't remember. 
they were, it's a really funny translation. We should probably we'll, we'll do a comedy episode and read it. It's like forty nine because she could kind of sign, but yeah, but it, it was like forty nine million died, and it's just like nothing about yeah. what they're talking about. But it's like really scary. Yeah, so <laughs> people would panic. But no, what do you kind of think about this giant creature? I, it's in that weird part of the world, like you said, with the ancient. Not ancient, but no, you know, a, lot a lot of, of old... A lot of old life forms. Yeah. Like, I mean, marsupials are a very ancient group right. of mammals. And they're all basically from Australia for the most part now. And that is another thing we kind of skipped over. Sorry, uh, continue with ooh. your thought. But that it could be a, a giant kangaroo. Ah, I didn't even think about something like that. Or maybe even a, perhaps a giant wallaby. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know... Uh, I don't know. It's pretty interesting. I've never heard of this one before. This one's definitely one of them one-off ones I've never heard of. The beak definitely is a big thrill for it not being a kangaroo. True, yeah. True. But, I mean, what if they never got close enough and it just shapes? From the sounds of it, it sounds like these locals experience this creature kind of fairly often. Okay. So, to them, it's not any very big crazy. mystery. But they definitely give yeah. it a wide berth because it's huge. Whether right, you want to yeah. believe. I don't. I think there may have been either something lost in translation or that fear response when something's that big. Yeah, because 45 feet, that's pretty dang big. And one thing somebody's going to already say, I know, is that it had a big, long, stiff tail, right? Right. Uh, well, we we can grow chickens with that. We talked about that, you know, in the genetics episode where you can turn on the traits for chickens to grow giant, thick tails. And, like, the stink bird has some ancient traits from its dinosaur ancestors. Yeah. So this is a much more ancient group. They might still have... They might still have that tail. Tail, yeah. Exactly. And birds have tails, not just tail feathers. And it could be that, too. That it has giant them? tail feathers. Do they shake them, too? Yeah. Okay. Like a peacock. They shake their tail feather, yeah. But what if it is, you know, it has these giant tail feathers on top of a tail, so it looks much bigger than it actually is. Oh, kind true, of yeah. Could, yeah. I mean, it's a weird sight to see nowadays, I would say. I mean, it sounds like a very low-numbers creature. Yeah. Island gigantism. That's why the moa got so big. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... It works in reverse with some things like elephants got really small on some of these islands and hmm. birds got huge. They're they're built for it. They they're built for that niche. So how do you say the name one more time? Kaiamanui. The Kaiamanui. Yeah. So you think it's real? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have no reason to doubt it. So uh, yeah. I think it's real and it's just what it, what it is is the mystery like I was exactly. looking up all kinds of Papua New Guinea cryptids and there's tons of them. Yeah. And a lot of them are just kind of animals. Yeah. Like there's nothing supernatural or special like like really special about this creature besides maybe its size but they document behaviors that sound like an animal that like i already said the emu are doing the swimming between islands right yeah. they stay swimming in between islands it could just be bigger emu mm-hmm. like they just got big moas were herbivores yeah or more you know obligate herbivores or what if that, what if emu and and moa like crossbred don't think they're very related at all yeah, so it'd be even more crazy if they did. It would be be very interesting. <laughs> and here they are. They're called Kaiamanui's. The Kaiamanui. Yep. Anything else to add? Huh, that's pretty good. I've been the Great and California Mystery. I've been Clone 31 Check out the merch shop if you feel led to. It's cool. There's a lot of cool stuff. I added a bottle opener. That's cool. That's cool. I got one coming in the mail. Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. But yeah, I guess I already said, I guess, one time. I've been the Great and Powerful Mystery. And I've been Jake Lone 31. And thank you for listening to Crimson Corn Podcast. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review. And remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash Crips of the Corn.com. And don't forget, stay magical. Stay magical.